You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 216. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a fiduciary, a fee-only certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor, and it is great to be with you today. And today, we're going to find out if your bank is taking advantage of you. But before we get to the topic of the day, I remember a day when I literally had nothing, not two nickels to rub together. In my 20s, I lived paycheck to paycheck. There was nothing in my account at the end of the month. In fact, I had a credit card too, one credit card that I can recall, and the limit was about 750 bucks. And guess what? That thing was maxed out. I made so many money mistakes when I was younger. And what happened? Well, an emergency happened. I didn't have a house. The roof wasn't leaking, but my car broke down. My car broke down to the tune of to fix it was going to be about $1,200. And guess what? I didn't have any money to fix it. What if that was you? What if that was you? What if that's you right now? What would you do if you didn't have any money, your credit cards were maxed out, and you needed to fix your car to go to work. What would you do? Well, it turns out I'm not really alone because as of January of last year, I looked at an article from CNBC, and at that point, 56% of Americans couldn't cover a $1,000 emergency. What? But I get it. I really do because I was in the same shoes as many, many Americans are today. So my question to you is, do you have an emergency fund? Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Is your bank taking advantage of you? Let's talk about an emergency fund for just a minute. What does Dave Ramsey, the king of getting people out of debt, say about the emergency fund? Well, first he says, get your butt out of debt. So his first three baby steps go like this. First, get a thousand bucks in the bank right now. And he calls that a baby emergency fund. Once you have that, you use every last dollar you have to pay off your debt. And once that debt is paid off, Your next job is to fully fund the emergency fund at three to six months worth of your living expenses. Maybe six months if you're single, maybe three months if you're married and have two working incomes. And for folks that are in retirement, maybe it's closer to a year. So I'll ask that question like I did in 
the intro. Do you have an emergency fund? If you don't, I need you to follow these three baby steps as a family steward to fully fund your emergency fund. And once you have that emergency fund, where do you put it? What do you do with it? Well, number one, it needs to be liquid. And what do I mean when I say the emergency fund needs to be liquid? Well, you don't want to put it into a five-year bank CD where you can't get at the money for five years or worse yet, an annuity that you might be locked in for 10 years because there's some sort of big charge surrender charge to get out of it if you actually have an emergency fund. I say liquid because emergencies happen and you need the money right now. CDs are not liquid. Annuities, most of them not liquid. And I would say putting your money in into stocks and bonds are not liquid either because if you have your emergency fund and let's say it's $50,000 and the stock market goes down and now you need the money for an emergency, well, now you're selling low to get that emergency fund. So I don't call that liquid either. Same for government bonds. If you're going to buy a 10-year bond and you need the money, you have to take a penalty in order to get at your money. So we want liquid. What does that mean? Savings accounts, high-yield savings accounts, and maybe some money market funds. But be careful with money market funds because some of them can actually go down in value. There are two different kinds. And you might be saying to yourself or saying to me as you're listening to this podcast, Scott, I don't want my money in a savings account because it doesn't earn any interest. Well, here is what we do know. The federal government has been raising the federal funds rate or our benchmark interest rates. That is really bad news for borrowers. If you're going to buy a house right now, I just looked at bankrate.com, you might pay 7 to 8% or more, maybe a little less, if you're going to buy a new home and want a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. That's quite crazy. I mean, in the scheme of it all, it's not so bad if we average out the last 100 years. But if we look at just the last couple years, and the last time I refinanced my house, I did so at 2%. So this seems pretty outrageous. If you have a home equity loan, you're probably staring at 8 to 9% interest rates or more. When the federal government raises interest rates, it's not good for borrowers. But you know what? It's fantastic for lenders and for savers. And what are you doing when you open up a savings account? You're lending that money to the bank in return for an interest rate. Because guess what? That bank is using your money. So when the Federal Reserve or when the federal government raises interest rates, interest rates in your savings account should start going up as well. Like I said, it is good news for lenders. But wait, is your bank taking advantage of you? Maybe so, maybe not, but let's take a look at the interest rate that your bank might be offering you right now. Have you checked lately? Do you know? Do you have any idea what you deserve? When I look at bankrate.com, don't hold me to this because you may bank at these institutions and your interest rate may be different, but I was showing still after the Government has been raising interest rates for the past year and a half. 
I still see 0.01 at Wells Fargo, 0.01 at Chase, and 0.01 at the Bank of America. Now, I'm sure if you have a really hefty balance, that interest rate will go up, but how much? And are you checking? And do you know? Because this is your time, family steward, to get what you deserve with your emergency fund. Because searching at bankrate.com I also am finding some online banks that are offering much nicer interest rates. The one that popped up first was Capital One. I think it's called the Capital One 360 or Capital One Savings Account, paying 3.4% compared to around 0.01 from some of the big brick and mortar banks. I also searched Alibank. If you haven't heard of Alibank before. And as I say this, There's nothing that I get from any bank or company for mentioning them in this podcast. This was a simple search from Bankrate and other searches that I made on the internet. Your interest rate may look different when you do your search. Alibank, another online bank, 3.4%. American Express has a high-yield savings account, 3.5%. Listen, family steward. These banks, these online banks, are keeping up with interest rates. And if you have an online savings account, you may get notifications every time that interest rate goes up. And I received notifications at least five times last year. Email, Scott, your interest rate just went back up. So this has been creeping up all year long. The big brick-and-mortar banks... Not so much. Why? I don't know. Well, for one, it probably costs a lot for them to actually run their banking business because they have to keep up with all of these buildings and all of these buildings cost money. And they may offer a lot of other perks within their savings account that these online banks are not. Another search that I did at bankrate.com was a bank called Popular, which I've never heard of before, and My Savings Direct, which I may have heard before, but it appeared that they were paying even over 4%. But I want to caution you, because if you currently have not made a deep dive into the online savings bank, I want to warn you about a few things to make sure that you fully understand what you're getting into. You'll see a lot of different online banks. So you need to read the fine print in order to make sure if this account is right for you. Does Popular and My Savings Direct paying over 4%? Maybe they have an account minimum. Maybe it's over your emergency fund. Maybe some banks, and I'm not saying the couple I've mentioned, but that you look at that are paying higher interest rates, maybe they're not FDIC insured. A lot of people think all online banks are not FDIC insured, but most are, or a lot of them are. The ones that I mentioned already, Alibank, American Express Savings, Capital 360, those are all FDIC insured. I don't know about the other ones that I mentioned. Make sure you do your research. I would much rather receive 3.4% currently. And by the way, as the Federal Reserve continues to raise interest rates, that 3.4% should go up as well, or at least it has been the whole last year. 
make sure that any bank that you're using is FDIC insured. What does FDIC insured mean? Well, it means that if you have $50,000 in your bank account and that bank goes bankrupt, the federal government will guarantee that you will get your money back up to a certain amount. But $50,000 would fully be covered. You also want to be on the lookout for some of these online banks that may have minimum days that you have to hold on or keep the money in the savings account or there'll be a penalty. Now it sounds a lot like a CD. If you're moving an account to an online bank that's paying 4%, but you got to keep the money in there for a year, well, it sounds a whole lot like a CD and not a savings account. Make sure you can get at that money whenever you can. And another big one to look out for, if you're just doing searches on the internet, looking for the highest interest rate possible, is that some of these banks, these obscure banks that may even be FDIC insured, well, they may have a really high interest rate that they're calling their intro rate. So they may get you 4.5%, 5% today. But three months from now, they're going to back you all the way down to a half a percent, just like some of the big banks. So be careful and watch out. That's why I like to stay with some of the bigger ones that might be paying just a scooge less, but still much more than your bank potentially down the street. And let's just think about that. Like I keep talking interest rates, but if you have $50,000 and you're getting 0.01 at one of the major banks right now, guess what you're earning per year on your 50 grand? The answer is 50 bucks. That's it. But take that same 50 grand, put it inside of one of these banks that I mentioned where you're earning 3.4%. And now you're earning $1,750 in a calendar year if the interest rate stays at 3.4%. That is $1,700 more than if you kept it at the big bank. So if you're thinking, well, I don't want to go through all the trouble, well, it's $1,700. So if you can open this account in a half hour or so, is that worth $1,700? I think so. So if you're ready to open an account and you don't have an account, how do you open one of these online accounts? Well, I can tell you that I've had accounts before at American Express High Yield and Alibank, and it was very simple. Here's the first thing you do. Don't get rid of your current savings account. If you have a savings account at your local bank, I'm not asking you to get rid of that account. You probably have that account. It might be attached, not attached, but you might have a checking account at the same bank. You might have overdraft protection on this savings account that would bleed over into your checking account. I'm not asking you to close any accounts. What I'm asking you to do is to go find the right bank for you. And for a bank like Alibank or American Express, there's just a button you press, open an account now. And sign up online. It doesn't take long. Might take you 15 minutes to sign up, and now you have an account open. So, what do you do next? If it's an online bank in the sky, there's no branch to walk over to and write a check out to to deposit money in. So, instead, you link your account up through ACH transfer to your current savings account. 
that's at your local bank earning basically nothing. Now you have a link to your current savings account in your new online bank, and you simply ACH transfer the money over after the accounts are linked to your new online savings account. And if you have $50,000, I don't suggest you move all of it either. The reason is, if you need to get at some of the money, all you need to do is ACH or electronically move that money back to your local savings account so now you can take the money out. And that process shouldn't take very long, but I, in some instances, it says allow up to seven or 10 business days for it to happen. So if you need some money real quick, I tell my clients not to transfer everything over. In these online banks, the reason you're getting this high interest rate is because there's no frills. You're not getting any check writing ability at these online banks, or at least most of them, to get the high interest rate. You can only make a, you know, three, four, five transfers per month with a lot of these online banks. And the reason is because they don't want it to be any work. Because if it's not any work for them, then they can offer a higher interest rate. These are bare bones, no debit card accounts. And like I said, if you have an emergency, then you just ACH that money right back to your local bank. It is not that hard. So as I wrap up here, I do want to cover one other quick topic. What if you have more than three to six months of living expenses or more than 12 months, whatever that dollar number is, what do you do with the other money that you have? Do you put that all in the online savings bank too? Well, you need to ask yourself some questions. What is the other money for? Is the other money above and beyond your emergency fund? Is it for your retirement? And if so, maybe it belongs in another vehicle like stocks and bonds in order to get a higher potential return in the long run. Maybe you don't need the this extra money for a year because you're planning to buy a car in a year, or maybe you're saving for a house and you know you need the money in two years. Well, there's bonds that you can buy on the open market right now that might be only a year or a year and two months that are paying much higher than the 3.4%. I'm seeing 5% out there and up to a little bit more than that or a little bit less. What if you just keep saving money and you're not sure if you want it for a house or a car or your retirement? Well, then work with your financial advisor to come up with a good diversified approach that's within your risk and in the risk bounds of the money to come up with a good stock and maybe short-term bond mix because generally... Very short-term bonds are not going to have a lot of volatility. And if you need access to some of the money, it's available. And if stocks are doing really well, well, then a lot is available. You sell the stocks to come up with the money. But you need a really good plan. And if you don't have a plan, I encourage you to find a good fee-only advisor to help you through this process. Hey, listen here, we are family stewards, so we need to act like it. Let's make sure we pay off our debt 
and get our emergency fund. Why do we want to pay off our debt first? Well, because the interest rate you're paying on your credit cards is probably somewhere between 16% and 36%. So every dollar you pay off of your debt, it's like you're earning that interest rate. So of course you want to pay off your debt first. And then let's get that emergency fund in place. We owe this to ourselves and we owe this to our family. I will never put my family into a situation where I can't cover an emergency with liquid money that I don't need to borrow. When I have client meetings, we ask things like, do you have an estate plan? And then we give suggestions on what they need, a will, a trust, power of attorneys, etc. And then they say, yeah, I should get it done this year. When I look at them and I feel like they're not really going to get it done. So I say, okay. Let's put it in our follow-ups for the next meeting. Let me be your accountability partner to get your estate planning done. Well, I'm telling you now, Family Steward, let me be your accountability partner to get your online savings account in place if you have your fully funded emergency fund and get that money over so it's working for you. It's the Family Steward thing to do. And I say, let me be your accountability partner because I'm going to check in with you in two weeks at the beginning of our episode in two weeks to see if it got done. I'm telling you, it takes about 15 minutes to get it done or 30 minutes at most. So schedule that in the next two weeks so you can start earning the interest rate you deserve in this environment we're in with the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. Does that sound like a planned family, Stuart? I hope so, because I wanna roll into this weekend or whenever you're listening to this podcast, roll into the next two weeks and feel great about what you're doing as a family, Stuart. Now, this is all the time I have. I hope everyone has an awesome, awesome next couple of weeks, and I will see you when on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance with compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer our personalized investment or tax advice to the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.